Good morning to all of you. It's so good to be here with this in this loving place. It's, this place has always been a blessing to us. And it's just so good to be back. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you to the ministers and the leadership. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, I feel honored to be able to be in front of you again. And I feel a lot better. You probably heard from, remember from the last time, I feel a little bit better when I'm closer. <laughs> and I did take a bath this morning, so that helps a lot. I promise that I don't think much. So, the question today is, um, why are we, as a society, in the state that we are in? And um, I have had these questions for a while now. As you know, our life has changed drastically in the last year and a half. We were in the mission field in Buenos Aires for many years. And a year and a half ago, we returned. And from full-time missionaries, we're now full-time high school teachers. So the, the way I see it is, it has changed the mission field. But it's still a mission field. I promise you, it is. And if you know anything about how things are in education and the things that the teenagers are dealing with nowadays, you know that there's so many issues they're going through that it's just unbelievable. Things that I never heard before Things are not exactly the same as they were when I was a teenager. Now, it's not that there were no problems before. There's always been issues. There's always been situations that people were dealing with. That's not what I'm saying. But of course, as you know, internet and social media has changed a lot of our ways of doing things and the way we retrieve information and how fast we, we can know anything immediately. And so, a couple of things that happen in, in our school district. In our school district, it is the largest high school district, the largest high school that has that's in the state of New Mexico because our district has only one high school. So there's a lot of students. Classes are packed. And the oil is attracting, as you know, a lot of people. And you're very familiar with what I'm talking about, right? Yes or no? You are, right? Okay, so you know exactly what I'm saying. So uh, we get new students all the time. This year, and last school year, I was able to see firsthand some of the issues that young people go through. And 
again, it's not that they were not there before. I'm just seeing this firsthand. I'm not reading about it. I used to read about it. Now I see it. That changes things. This year, for the first time, I have a transgender student in my class. There are two where I am. There's different buildings. In my building, there's two. One of those is in my class. This student was born a female, but dresses as a boy and wants to be called and treated as a boy. Very nice teen. I enjoy having this teenager in the classroom. But I never went through a situation like this before. When I received the email from the principal saying this year you have these students in your classroom, it was the first time ever that I received an email like that. Now I have read about this, but it is the first time that I have it in the classroom. And I've been teaching for many years. So, when I saw that, I started praying for wisdom. And the words of Genesis came coming through my mind. Male and female, he created them. How much easier and simpler it was from the beginning. Now, things have really changed. Not that the word of God has changed. But there's so many issues that they go through. I see a lot of the kids, and I'm not sure if that's across the country because I don't ever like to generalize, but I see them, a lot of them, I see them sad, others with so many problems at home, others with no parents. We have, we have high schoolers who are homeless. Some of them are sleeping in vehicles. And so we don't know about it until we, know, we learn, but some of them don't say anything. It's just sad. Do you have those issues here in Midland? Or not? Do you know about it? Yes? This is probably one of the richest places in the country, isn't it? Or not? So is Hobbes in New Mexico. So I was, I was pretty shocked about these things. Uh, last school year, now, it's, it's a, this is going to be a little bit of a different type of lesson that I, you heard me speak before, but we, we really need to talk about some issues because they're there. And if we don't, then our young people hear it from other sources. Two students took their lives last year in the, in the school. And, and I'm like, one of them promised the mom that I'm going to, the mom had died, and he said, I'm going to go with you, mom. And he took his life. 
And I'm thinking, so young. So much ahead of you. Why? I just couldn't understand it. I was shocked. But it happens throughout the world. Research shows that 90%, approximately 90% of people who have died by suicide were suffering from a mental illness at the time. 90% were suffering from a mental illness. You know what's the leading cause of suicide? Chronic major depression. These individuals believe that that is the way to stop the pain. It is the second leading cause of death in adolescence in this country. And we do teach adolescents. My wife and I are both in the high school buildings. We read about this and now we've seen it firsthand. And it's a shock when you had a student in your classroom and he's not there anymore. It's a shock. Last year we had, during the first months of school, we had several students who brought guns to the school grounds. And you have that situation here, don't you? You know, when I, when I taught high school 15 years ago, we didn't have a police officer, armed security guards in the school. We didn't. But now I understand why. They do in house. I think kids 14, 15 year old being handcuffed from being disrespectful to police officers. For bringing drugs. For bringing weapons to school. When I was 15 years old, a long time ago, Our mischievous moments were to you get gun and you put, you get some gum and you put it in somebody's seat and you waited until they got up. I just love that, <laughs> and I did it so many times that I just I was I got really good at it. <laughs> you know, you occasionally got upset at the teacher and yeah, there were fights. I don't want to talk about that, but there were fights. But this is different. We do teach adolescents. Now, it's not fair to say that that is how the majority are. That's not true. The majority of students that we have are well-behaved. And I'm pretty sure I would venture to say that most of them come from good families with good values. But we do have all kinds of students. And you know what? That reflects in the society. Because those kids are going to go out, right? They don't stay in the school building. They go out. And they grow up. And how important it is that they grow up in with good values. 
The question we can ask ourselves is why? Why are we, and I started a lesson with this question, why are we as a society going through this? Why? What would you say? Well, if you ask the researches and polls and all that, family disintegration comes as one of the main reasons. The family is no longer what it used to be. Others, peer pressure. You know, you have to fit in. I mean, you can't be a wimp, right? You have to do this. Or you're not part of us. I see that a lot. Drugs and more drugs are readily available. Our kids are faced with choices every single day. And we are too. But the difference is that when you're 13 or 14, you don't have the experience that an adult has. It's hard. And you, you do want to abide by what the others are saying because you don't want to be left out. So, drugs, family, disintegration, peer pressure. But the brothers and sisters, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. I'm, ever since that incident with our first female and the first male happened, that's it. Everything changed. It's not how it used to be in the beginning anymore. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem for what I read and study that it's going to get better. It doesn't. So, to me, what's interesting is that we know that having God in our lives is what makes a difference. We know that He is all we need. We know that. We know that. With Him, all things are possible, even the impossible ones. But to me, what's interesting and also really sad is that even people who have God in their lives can go through some of these circumstances. Don't you think? We're not immune, right? Are we? No. That's why we have to be careful and be always alert. Because it can happen to any of us. It can happen to a family member, to a relative. The pressure outside is really strong. Some of the situations that I mentioned before, like perhaps drugs and depression and all that, can be helped tremendously with counseling. And hopefully, Christian counseling. Right? That can prove extremely beneficial in order to help troubled minds. Sometimes that's combined with medication. Of course, that's, kind of, that's not my area. But... I have seen good results. But most importantly, I think we all need counsel from the one who is called 
Wonderful advisor. Did you know that God is called Wonderful Counselor? That's one of the names. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says that he is a wonderful counselor. So what happens is that when you read the scriptures, it gives you counsel. This is what you need to do in order to be okay. And this is what Jesus did when he was, you remember when he, after he was baptized, he goes, he's tempted in the desert and he answers every time with the scriptures. And he's fine, right? And that's what we need to do. But do you remember what happened right after the desert incident? Remember where he goes? He goes to his hometown in Nazareth. And in Luke chapter 4, he gives the mission statement. He said, this is why I'm here, guys. You remember the mission? If you have Luke chapter 4 there, look, look at it. That's, that's, that's mission that Jesus had in this earth. And he told those people. He said, he goes there and as he was, as he did regularly on, on Sabbath, right? On Saturdays. And he started reading a book. What, what was the book? What book? I say, right? And he starts unrolling this scroll and all of a sudden he says in, in Luke chapter 4, of course he's quoting from the Old Testament, right? And he says in verse 18, 418, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free. And then, you know, he proclaims the year of the Lord and, and rolls up the scroll, sits down, and everybody's... He says that the, their eyes were fixed on him. Wow. Imagine that. How do you like when you teach him, the eyes were fixed on you? Wow. That's... And then he shocks them. And he says, you know, this is really talking about me. Right? You keep reading a little bit and say, it's talking about me. So they get upset. But there, you have Jesus' mission. Why was he here? What did he say he was going to do? What, was his, what did he say? Notice those, those words there, okay? Some, some of those words, look. Can anyone be excluded from this group? Look at the words. And, and think about this. Were we on this list before Christ? Look, it says, poor, captive, blind, and oppressed. English teacher, what are those? What are those? Huh? They're adjectives, aren't they? They're describing something, right? 
Yes. So the question I'm asking, and I'm asking all of us, were we on that list before Christ? Yes or no? Captive, oppressed, poor, blind. There you go. So the question now is, of course, if I were just preaching about this, I would say, are we still captives of something? Is there a blindness problem in our lives? You know what I mean? But I'm not preaching about this. It's just a question. Something to think about. The main point I want to make is that he came to Jesus. The main point I want to say is that Jesus came for all of us. All of us. Not just those people who are going through some situation in high school. Not just the friend that you know. But he came also for you and for me. Because I can easily tell you that some of those things that Jesus mentioned from the book of Isaiah can apply to me. So truthfully, I think we all have something that needs to be taken care of. Don't you think? And you know yourselves, and I know myself. So that's why I'm not so quick to impose a judgment on one of two of my students or any, or any of my co-workers. You know why? Because I know myself. Right? So let me ask you this question and I'll ask it again. What do we do? If through those doors... There comes a drug addict or a transgender or someone who is totally, totally immersed in something that we know as Christians we shouldn't be doing. What do we do? That's the question. I have some of those kids in my classroom. Then I'll ask you a question again. I think I know the answer. So, if someone was dealing with this, and if I had been able to talk to... I had talked to people in Buenos Aires, and part of the counseling that I, I was able to give to people who were thinking about living this life, taking their own lives, I have talked to them. And there is a proverb that comes to mind that is, to me, it gives a lot of hope. Because this proverb says, in Proverbs 23, 18, it says, it's a series of sayings, right? Proverbs 23. And so it gives advice for all of us. But specifically, there's a, I think there's a 15th advice it gives. But in Proverbs 23, 18, it says, Surely there is a future 
and your hope will not be cut off. Surely, there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. So those students I mentioned before would have greatly benefited from these words. There is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Let's say that somebody is going through really hard times. What do we do? Yes, we are there for that person, right? We try to call and we try to visit. And remember that I said that the Lord is a wonderful advisor and counselor. So what you do is you go to the Word of God, right? And you try to advise that person and give them comfort. And there's a couple of Psalms that I want to mention to you briefly. When you're going through hard times, somebody who's going through really hard times, one psalm is Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18. Psalm 34, 17 and 18. And then we'll go to one more. It says, Psalm 34, 17 and 18, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Young and old, let's listen. You, brother, sister, who might be going through so much right now and your burden is so heavy, so heavy that seems impossible to bear it anymore. Listen to this. It says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Have you, have you ever felt that crush in your spirit? That you're going through so much that you, I just can't take it anymore. There are so many who are going through this and facing these situations and they're crushing spirit. So many. And sometimes we can come here and, or go to work, you know, and you, we have the best face, right? Right? Yes? Our Sunday morning face. How are you? Fine, thank you. But you know yourself, don't you? And not everything is fine, thank you. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. That is comforting to me. Speaking about a true friend, like we heard this morning. A true friend is the one that still there when everybody else left. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a true friend. And the other psalm that gives me hope and encouragement is 46 1. 46 verse 1. Just one verse. But he says so much. That's what I like about the scriptures, among other things, is that 
with a little phrase says tons. Psalm 46, 1. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So how do you picture a refuge? Do we have tornadoes here? Sometimes? Huh? Not often? Good for you. Good for Midland. We have tornado warnings. And fortunately, it's just warnings and that's all. Right? But what do you picture when I say refuge? What would you do? There is a tornado coming. Where do you go? What do you do? Exactly. You find refuge. Right? Hopefully you're not going to be out in the parking lot. I need to take care of my car. No. Right? You need to take care of yourself. So that is what God does for you. He provides that refuge. And he gives you what? What word does he use? Huh? Strength, right? Because sometimes you're so crushed in spirit that you feel so weak physically and spiritually that you need that injection of strength. And where, is, where does that come from? It says here. Where does it come from? Who gives you that? God, right? Now, let me ask you a question. Can God use a person to help you with that? Yes or yes? You choose. You chose right. It's yes. How do you know the answer? Yes, he can. But a lot of the times, the strength and encouragement comes directly from what he says. Right? When you're reading. That's why we see that he's a wonderful advisor. He's a wonderful counselor. Yes, we have a lot of counselors. My own daughter in Texas and my oldest, my favorite oldest daughter. I brought my favorite youngest here today, but our favorite oldest is a counselor, right? A Christian counselor. Yes, they can give you good advice, but they're not wonderful counselors like the one I'm talking about. Right? So, we have those two Psalms and now we can also think about this. God is our refuge and strength, part one. Part two, a very present help in trouble. Notice the word present. He does not disappear, right? He is ready to help. He doesn't leave us. He's a present God. The question is, are we ready to receive his help? Or let me put it in Jesus' words. Do you want to be healed? Because that's such an important question. And you know what it is. I don't know what it, I don't know you. You know. 
Uh, if you ask my wife, she might give you an answer. Yeah, he needs to do, 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 do. It's okay. They know what's right. But you know yourself. What is it that all of us are dealing with that needs help? You understand the question? Because to me, it would be easier for me to look at those students there and say, look at that. Brains, guns, dust, drugs, confused about this or that. That takes the pressure on looking at myself, right? And we can do that with other people. But as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, the Bible says examine yourself, right? Does it say that? Or does it say look at the other person? doesn't say that, right? It's me. Am I right or not? Tell me. Is this correct? All of us need each other, guys. We need that because that support and strength that comes from God has a lot to do also with family. He is the father, we're brothers and sisters, and we help each other. So when somebody is down, Paul says, you need to go and encourage that person, right? And one day you'll do the same for others. That's a support system. And we need it. So I try to do the best I can when I'm in the classroom. I try to be a good role model for those kids. I try to instill, you know, some ideas that will help them. But I'm not in their house and I'm not in the intimate circle of friends. And it's okay. You just do what you can at the moment that you are in and that's all you can do. Right? I just thank God that I have that opportunity and I wanted to work with high schoolers. I had the choice of working with any age, but I wanted to be with high schoolers because I like this conversation that we can have. And I know maybe that they will remember something that I say now more than if they were six or seven years old. You know what I'm saying? No? Yes? Do I say it in Spanish? Sure. Even worse. <laughs> All right, guys. Next, we're getting closer to wrapping this up. I just want to mention this thing. Many of our pain and sorrow, many of our pain and sorrow can come due to our own decisions. Right? We're the ones who mess up. Sometimes. So, so when we go into rough times and the enemy is cornering us, and, and, and he's going to do that, right? He, because he wants our soul, right? Right? So I, there's, there's a verse that I always remember, not that I always do what Paul says, because I don't. But I remember it, and it has helped me many occasions. And he says, you know this verse, so just... 1 Corinthians 10. Um, it says, 
1 Corinthians 10, 12. God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond your strength. And then verse 13. But with the testing, he will also provide what? You know this verse, right? He will provide what? The way out. The way out. Exit in English. Salida in Spanish. There you go. Now, it's there, right? The door is there. And I'm, we, not that we actually going to do it, but it is there. He will present that. So he provides a way out. And let me tell you about this blessing. This is one of the tremendous blessings of being a Christian. Something that we have that most people don't. What we have is a God who is alive. You know, because I study many religions and, and you can visit the tombstone of most of those founders and gods, but you go to visit Jesus' tomb and this is what you'll find. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. Luke 24. They did not find it. See, this is what is different from any other group that you can go to. Today, when I talk to you in the afternoon, I'm going to talk about our trip to Japan. And it's going to be a lot more than just anime. This was my first time in Japan. And I experienced things there that I never had before. And I'm not a teenager. I've been to many places. I've been to many places. So hopefully you can be here today. I want to talk to you about that. But our God is alive. Our God is an awesome God. And no other religious movement can claim that their God has resurrected. Because their tombs are not empty. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Who said that? Oh, it's a song, right? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And you can too. Not only here, but after I live this life, Listen to this promise. This is a promise to be fulfilled after we leave this place. Now I'm not talking about this congregation. I'm talking about this planet, this earth. I'm talking about after we die. This is a promise that God does to us. And he says that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Revelation 21. Those things that I just named, they passed away. There will be no more bills to pay. Yeah. No more getting sick. No more worrying about what my kids are going to eat. Right? Nothing else. So one day, forever, 
everything will change. But until that time, we need to remember, we live in a fallen world. And so, we cannot expect things going differently because it is a fallen world. It is not paradise. What we have to do is to do what we need to do to make the place where we are a little bit better. So, What do we do if someone comes through these doors with hurts, with suicidal thoughts, with sex and gender issues, with drug problems? What do we do? And, and, and maybe you had already done. You already went through this. But this is what I think. Knowing this place for many years now because we have been connected with this congregation for many, many years. This is what I think is going to happen. I think what's going to happen when somebody comes to those doors that you would treat that person the same way Jesus treated you when you gave your life to him. That's what I think. That you will see that person with love, with patience, with compassion, and with grace. Because I can tell you, that is what God did with me. And if it weren't because of that, I wouldn't be here speaking today. And if you think that because I'm in front of you, I'm better than you, I can assure you, I'm not. I am not. Now, I think we would not say to them, oh, you're doing the right thing. Keep up the good work. We're not going to say that, right? But we would say to them, you know what? We all mess up. We all sinners. We all have issues, don't we? We all have issues, don't we? Yes, we do. All of us. Something is there that needs to be changed. We all have issues. We are not better than you are. We are not better than you are. That's what we would say. But we would also say this. We found the one that, make, that can make things better. We found the one that can make things better. For you, and for your family. No one could throw the first stone here. We kind of mentioned this today. No one could throw the first stone here, right? And Jesus would still tell us. He would look, he would get up and say, no one threw the first stone. And then he would get up and say, I do not condemn you either. And that's how the verse ends, right? I do not condemn you either. Is that how it ends? What am I missing? That's part A. What's part B? Go and sin no more. So that's what we would say. 
we love you, we understand, we might have gone through some of those same things, we are dealing with our issues, we're not here because we're better than you are, but I can tell you that if you change your life, things will be a lot, a lot different for you. In a good way. And he would also tell you this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Those are Jesus' words. Come to me. So, what are you struggling with in this fallen world? What is it? Is it depression? Is it some issue that very few people know about? Whatever it is. Some things nobody ever will know, right? Because they're internal things. Is it bitterness? Is it, what is it that you're dealing with? Whatever it is. Come to Jesus and he will give you rest. And I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about me. Because all of us need to remember that we can come to Jesus even after we're Christians. Why? We come to Jesus all the time because he's our friend. Come to Him. Be immersed if you haven't. Receive the Holy Spirit. That's the comforter in your life. Let Him heal you. Let Him, Jesus, heal you as no one else can. Thank you for listening, for your attention. I guess we're going to have a song now, correct? Thank you so much for the opportunity. God bless all of you.